happen is I'm going to end up doing the whole twist on the stool thing the whole time. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'm so thankful for all of your beautiful smiling faces today and your faithfulness to the house of the Lord. Let's open in prayer this morning. Mighty God, we're so thankful for this opportunity to gather together in your name, Lord, to share uh, the word with people of like faith, people that love your word, people that love your name, people that love the kingdom. God, I'm so thankful today. I pray that you would open the word to us and and, and let us learn some new things that we can apply to our life. Lord, build our faith, Lord, that we can reach our community and reach our world for the kingdom of God. Amen, amen. In Jesus' name. Okay, so we're going to continue on with our study of the book of Acts. We're in Acts, the 16th chapter today. And we're still doing the whole expository teaching style. So we're going verse by verse. And our, our goal today is to get a chapter done. Uh, the, the challenge today with getting the entire chapter of 16 done in 30-ish minutes uh, will be that it's subdivided into so many different categories. So there's, there's a lot going on in chapter 16. Um, the, the first part of chapter 16, we're, we're introduced to a new character in the New Testament that is a very prominent character later on, and that's Timothy. Uh, or as KJV's got him listed as Timotheus. Uh, other, most other versions of the Bible, if you read this passage, it's just Timothy. So this is Paul's son in the gospel. And so this is where Paul and Timothy uh, team up together. So that's, that's a big thing. Uh, we also will find that this is uh, a time when Paul was uh, seeking after the Holy Ghost and, and trying to fulfill his commission to be an apostle, uh, for which the... Uh, the church had laid their hands on him and commissioned him and sent him forth along with Barnabas some time back. Um, I believe this is commonly, this, this passage of scripture uh, is commonly referred to as Paul's second missionary journey, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, we have, we'll have more to say about that later. Uh, we also are introduced to uh, a lady named Lydia uh, who was a seller of purple. Uh, a lady that was uh, converted. She was uh, a believer, someone that worshipped God, but she's filled with the Holy Ghost. And so we're introduced to Lydia, and the Bible gives us uh, an example of her faithfulness and her willingness to support the mission's work. And so that's, that's a wonderful thing. We also find that Paul is casting out devils, casting out evil spirits, a spirit of divination out of a slave girl. And also, this is the famous uh, passage in here where we have uh, the Philippian jailers converted and Paul and Silas are praying in the prison and the earthquake strikes and they're set free and the Philippian jailer and his household are baptized. Amen. And I believe they were baptized how? Amen. It doesn't say they were baptized in Jesus' name, but it does say that they were baptized. And the only place I ever see that they were baptized, or the only way I ever seen them baptized in Scripture is in the name of the Lord or in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. And finally, uh, it ends up with Paul being released from prison and from the custody of the Philippian jailer. So we're gonna, we'll endeavor to cover as much of this as possible. Um, and if I see that we can't cover it all in a succinct, timely manner, maybe we'll just stop before we get to the end of the chapter and Brother Ryan can pick up uh, where he will next week. Um, so, without further ado, the 16th chapter, Brother Noah, would you begin reading there with verse 1? 
Then came he to Derbe and Lystria, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek. Okay, keep going. Which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystria and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him, and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Thank you, brother. All right, so uh, we, we have here that we're introduced to Timothy, Paul's son in the gospel. And um, I love that the scripture is so rich, but it says that he was, he was part Jewish and part Greek. Um, so he had an idea of, no doubt, of who, of who Jehovah was. Um, and, but he had, uh, it had been reported to Paul that the brothers that were there in Lystra and Iconium, that he had a good, Timothy had a good reputation amongst the believers. So he was, evidently he was someone of faith um, and such as that before Paul met him. Evidently he was already filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, so his mother was Jewish, but his father was Greek. So he was a mixed race um, individual, or at least culturally, um, in the eyes of in the eyes of the brothers and the Jewish uh, community, he would have been of mixed race. But um, what do you find interesting there uh, about verse three? Anybody want to read? Look at that again, especially in light of what Pastor taught last week. What do you, what do you find interesting about that? It says, him would Paul have to go forth with him, speaking of Timothy, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. Somebody noticed, Brother Ryan, you want to help me out? In light of chapter 15, why is that an interesting passage? Exactly. Paul had just had this debate about the Gentiles believers that come to the Lord. They do not first have to become Jewish culturally in order to be uh, part of the kingdom of God. They don't have to do that. He had just had this debate. It had just been settled. And um, yet here in the very next chapter, you, you find that Paul takes Timothy and has him circumcised. Because it was a controversy... And it was such a stumbling block to the Jewish believers in those areas. And it was a hindrance to the preaching and the gospel. Paul's like, we're not even going to have, <laughs> we're not going to go down this road. It's going to be such a hindrance. I need you to come with me. It's the will of the Lord, but you're going to have to be <laughs> under the covenant of Abraham. Uh, you know, that's an amazing thing that, that, that some people can be so hung up on their culture, on their ideas, that it that Paul said, you know what, we're just not we're not going to some battles, they're just not worth fighting, and uh, I believe that's what this was. Paul knew that in order for Timothy to be effective in the ministry that God was calling him to do, and for Timothy to be um, an asset to Paul and to fulfill the calling, hey, we're just going to have to do this. 
Is it necessary? No. Are you saved? You got the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. You're good to go. You're called to the Lord. But it's just a stumbling block to some folks. So I thought that's a very interesting passage of Scripture. And, and what's amazing to me is that Timothy was willing to go through that rite, that religious rite, in order to uh, fulfill this calling, knowing, no doubt knowing what Paul believed. But he was willing to do that. So it's an amazing thing. Uh, and as they went through the cities, they delivered them decrees for to keep, and this is interesting, that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. You know, we look at Paul as probably one of the ultimate authority figures in the New Testament. And for good reason, he is. He, he wrote, I believe, it's, is it two-thirds of the New Testament, if I'm not mistaken? Paul is the author of that. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing thing. We think of the Apostle Paul as, uh, you know, hearing from God, and certainly did. And he, was, he founded many churches, and he was instrumental in, in spreading the gospel and recording, and God used him in such a mighty way. What's important is Paul was not out here preaching a gospel that was different from what the apostles had already preached. Jesus had commissioned 12. And he had given to those men, uh, he'd given to Peter the keys of the kingdom. Paul wasn't preaching something different from what Peter was preaching. And Paul wasn't preaching something different from what the uh, James the Less was preaching. Bartholomew, he wasn't preaching something different from what Bartholomew was preaching. Simon the Zealot, he wasn't preaching something different from what that good brother was preaching. He wasn't preaching something that Philip the Apostle was preaching or Philip the Evangelist was preaching. I mean, he was preaching a, a, a doctrine. He was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was the same thing. It was ordained of the apostles and the elders. I remind you today that Paul and Barnabas, the Bible says that the apostles and the church elders, they laid their hands on them and they commissioned them to go forth and do the work that the Lord had called them to do. And so they were ordained to deliver this. Uh, but, but it's not like the apostle Paul was the founder or the originator of the gospel. And even though we look at him as, as a mighty warrior for the Lord and a, and a great, um, useful man of God and apostle. I mean, it's important to remember that sometimes we lose sight of he was a member of a team. Paul didn't go into these lands on these missionary journeys by himself. Okay, he wasn't all by himself. He, he, he had people there with him. He had people that went on these journeys with him. Amen. In, in this chapter alone, we're introduced to, to several people. In fact, later in the chapter, the author of the book of Acts is who? Anybody? Luke. And the, and the author of this chapter uses the word us. So it's evident, evidently, it appears to me, that Luke was with him. Who else do we know is with him? We know Silas was with him. Who else was with him? Timothy. Hey, these men weren't just tagging along with Paul, watching Paul work. They were a team. They were ministering and praying for people and preaching the gospel. And sometimes uh, Paul, would, the, the group would go into a city and they'd preach the word. And some people, some of the guys would linger there and continue to preach while a couple of the other guys would go to another city. 
And they began to found works, and, and, and they didn't just found churches, but they strengthened the churches and the communities of believers that they, as they came across them. They were preaching the word. They were doing the work of the kingdom as a team. Amen. It's a team effort. Amen. There are no uh, trying to trying to do the work of the kingdom as a superstar. Amen. Will have you fail miserably. Amen. I want you to know today, this church and the the work that we do out of this church is not solely on the shoulders of Pastor Phillips. Amen. It's not solely. Is he our overseer? You better believe it. Is he called of God and anointed of God? To be our leader, you best believe it. He's the voice of God. He's our voice of encouragement. He's the voice of truth for this church. He has a vision for this church. God's putting an anointing and calling upon him. But he's called us to serve. Each of us are called to be ministers. What does that mean? We're called to be servants in the kingdom of God. Amen. This isn't, this isn't Pastor Philip's church. This is God's church that he purchased with his own blood. And this local congregation, you are the body of Christ. And Christ has called you to do exploits. He's called you to be a witness. He's called you to serve. He's called you to serve in the food line back there. He's called you to pick up trash. He's called you to clean tables and wait tables. He's called you, amen, to be a witness to those on your job. He's called you to vacuum the floor. Amen. If you see something that needs to be done, maybe it's the Holy Ghost speaking to you because it's a team effort. It's a group effort. This doesn't fall on just Brother Phillips' shoulders or Sister Phillips' shoulders or Brother Ryan and Sister Jennifer's shoulders. Amen. It's all of our responsibility. It's us together, pulling together as a team to fulfill the commission of the Lord in this community and in this state, in this city. It is the will of God. Amen. It's the will of God for us to be activated, to be active. Amen. We have to be active in order to fulfill the commission of the Lord. Amen. Do you believe that today? Amen. The Lord, the Lord is looking for us to get out of this uh, malaise that, that COVID's got had us in for the last year and a half, two years. It's time for us to get busy for Jesus. Busy for Jesus. Amen. It's, it's up to you and I. Amen. If this, if this message is going to go forth, if this gospel is going to get preached, if a local congregation is going to grow in this community, it's our responsibility. Say it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. Amen. It's a team effort. Amen. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, those that are here on a Sunday morning. Amen. But I only encourage you today, the Lord is depending on us to do the work. He's depending. Jesus is depending on you. You're commissioned to do the work of the kingdom. I firmly believe that God has something for everybody to do. I believe that with all my heart. Amen. He didn't fill you with his spirit. He didn't baptize you with his spirit. Amen. Just to, just to sit on a pew and hear good lessons and good singing. Good pre- no, 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 no. He's got something for you to do. Find, find what it is that God has for you to do in this local church. Amen. He wants you to, amen. He, he, he's anointed your hands. He's anointed your feet. He's anointed your heart. He's anointed your mouth. Amen. He's gifted you to do the work of the kingdom. I believe that with all my heart. Amen. And you say, well, I'm not worthy. Hey, join the club. None of us are worthy of the callings and the giftings of God. You say, well, I failed. <laughs> hey, 
you know what? I failed just because you don't know my failures. I can promise you, Brother Ryan's failed, pastor's failed. We've all failed. Amen. Don't, don't let the Satan beat you down. Amen. You've got to call it. Amen. The Lord wants you to do it. Amen. So that brings us to the Macedonian call. I can tell right now we're not getting to the end of this passage, this scripture. <laughs> we're going to do the best we can. We'll leave Brother Ryan something good. Maybe we'll leave brother, let Brother Ryan do the Philippian passage, the Philippian jailer. He'll, he'll enjoy that. Um, so we, we come to verse 6. And this is the, the famous passage. Who's ever heard of the Macedonian call? Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Amen. Let it shine from shore to shore. Why? You know, um, so we have some place names here that are a little difficult to read. I'll, I'll read this passage. Um, now, when they had gone throughout uh, Phrygia and into the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Now, you'd have to understand from where they were in Lystra, um, the, the region generally speaking, if I can speak in general terms, they were in what we would now consider probably the south eastern region of what we would call the modern day country of Turkey. So that's uh, where um, Timothy was met up, Derby and Lystra, that's, that's sort of where those towns are. And, and so Paul meets up with Timothy and he's got these, his team and, and they're going and they're seeking after the Lord as to what their next step is. So it's not like, it appears that they didn't have clear direction. He knew he was on a missionary journey. He knew he had work to do. And so they begin to travel, and they traveled north. And the Holy Ghost says no, and they, they travel more to, uh, they begin to travel westward. And, and can, we, can we preach here? And the Holy Ghost says no. Um, it says, after they were come to Mysia, and they essayed or tried to go into um, Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. So it's the second time that we have the Holy Spirit saying no, 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 no. It's, and we know that later these, these areas, churches were established in these areas, and the Holy Ghost had a moving, it was a move of God there. But, but, but they're seeking after the Spirit of God. They're following the leading of the Holy Ghost. I mean, you're not going to have revival in an area and found churches in an area if it's not in the timing of God. Was it the will of God for those places, those communities, to have churches? You bet. Absolutely it was. But it wasn't in the timing of God. It's important for things to be both in the will and in the timing of God. You know, my, my, my mind goes to the scripture that says, uh, you know, some reap and some sow. There, there, there are some that sow the seed, but, but then there's others later that reap the harvest. You know, it takes a team. And sometimes just because seeds are sown in a community, that there may be others that reap those seeds of that harvest. And that's the design of God. It's not for us to be bitter about that. Or Sometimes we sow seeds and we may see other churches reap those seeds. You know what we do? We thank God and we worship Him amen, for the harvest. And thank Him that we had an opportunity to, uh, to contribute to the kingdom of God. Be a part. I mean, I've seen the Lord, uh, we've had people in the past that the Lord filled them with the Holy Ghost in this church and they ultimately ended up going to a church across town. Hey, you know what? That's fine. They're in the church. And that's just what 
That's the way God works sometimes. I mean, I've seen it happen time and time again. I've seen backsliders pray through in our church, and you're like, man, come to our church. And they were like, well, I've got to go home. I just got, <laughs> it was just what God had for them. And, you know, sometimes we don't understand that, but we have to understand it's, it's, a, it's a teamwork thing. This local congregation is not isolated unto itself. We are part of a bigger body of Christ. Amen. And this body of Christ isn't just in this region, just in this state, just in this country. It's worldwide. I'm so thankful today that I'm part of that. But the Holy Ghost wouldn't allow Paul in this time. It was not God's timing. Um, and the Bible says they passed by, passing by Maasia, they came to Troas. Troas was a port city on the eastern coast of the Aegean Sea. So if you know your geography, the Aegean Sea is that sea between what we now call Greece and Turkey. So it's a famous sea there. I mean, if, you, if you're a history, a history buff or if you're into literature, you've heard of the Aegean Sea because that's, that's the sea that was supposedly sailed by Jason and the Argonauts after the Golden Fleece and, you know, and the Greeks are going to invade Troy. And all that sort of stuff, you know, Achilles and all those characters. And that's, that's the sea that the Persian Empire attacked Greece across, you know, all those things. That, that's the same place, okay? And, and so this city of Troas is on, the, is on the eastern coast. And it says in the Bible, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we, see there we go, we. So Luke is including himself in this group. He's, he's here. Immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So who's my history person in here? Brother Nate, are you a history person? Yeah. What, what's Macedonia famous for? Famous, his, famous, famous historical figure. Somebody help me out. He's great. At least that's what the what history calls him. Alexander the Great. That's right, brother. Macedonia. Yeah. So, so I'm trying to give you an idea where this is at. This is this is across from Turkey. It's Macedonia. Macedonia. Alexander the Great, supposedly, in which you could argue that how great he was. Um, but um, so that's that's where Paul is and and um, Silas and this is where these guys are being called to. So he sees in a vision. So the Holy Ghost it says, "Nope, can't preach here. Nope, can't preach here. No, not here." But the Lord didn't tell him specifically where to go. So in my mind, I can I, I envision Paul standing on the seashore at Troas, watching the waves of that sea crash into the seashore, going, God, I know you've got a call for, on my life. I know you've got a work for me to do. What would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? And the Holy Ghost came to somebody in a dream. They had a dream. You know, in, in this dream, it wasn't a vision of an angel, but it was a man that stood in Macedonia. And, and the Bible says here that he said, come over to Macedonia and help us. I like the way the New King James Version reads a little bit clearer. 
It has help us with an exclamation point. In other words, he was pleading with Paul to come and help them. I mean, sometimes the Lord speaks to us in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost could have told Paul where to go. He's already telling him, don't preach here, don't preach here. But Paul didn't give up. You have to understand, he's not walking from here to Jackson. (laughs) We're talking about these guys are walking hundreds of miles you know, getting foot sore. They're walking. They're not right. They're walking on their journey, seeking after the leading of the Holy Spirit. God, where can we do a work? And the Lord hasn't given them direction, so they, they keep traveling until they're trying to find the will of God. And just as surely, God could have spoke to them and said, go here, go there, but he sent them a dream. He sent a vision vision appeared to Paul in the night. And after he had seen the dream, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Amen. And it says, assuredly gathering. What what does that mean? It means they were satisfied. They, They were convinced, if you will, that that was the will of God in their life. That was the will of God for them to do. Amen. So the Bible says in verse 11, uh, Brother Noah, you want to let somebody read there? Brother Billy, you want to read verse 11? Therefore, losing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia. Samothracia, and the next day to Napoleus, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of the part of Macedonia and a colony, and we were in that city abiding certain days. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so, so they go to Philippi. Probably sounds familiar to you all, right? Philippians. So um, they go to the chief city of Macedonia. The Bible says they they abided there certain days. So these are, uh, you know, the, in these times, this, they're in a Greek area. Uh, even, even the cities of what they're calling Asia, where Paul's trying to establish colonies there, that had formerly been a part of the, Persian Empire, Greeks had conquered it. It was a Greek area. Most people in this area spoke a form of Greek as the common language, if you will. Um, so uh, they, they go to this area, and um, the Bible says in verse 13, On the Sabbath we went out to the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things that were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If the Lord hath judged me to be faithful of the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. In other words, she prevailed upon us. It's beautiful. So they get as soon as they get to where the Lord has called them to go, they they immediately begin to operate in the Holy Ghost. They go out preaching the word. They go they go out to where it's the customary for the people to gather, people of the Jewish faith to gather on the Sabbath. Paul saying, "Well, I'm a Jew. You got to remember, Paul's a Roman citizen. He's also Jewish. So what does he do? He say, "I'm going to go to my people. And we're going to start preaching about Jesus." And that's what he does. And what does he do? He begins to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That seed lands in the heart of Lydia. 
and it brings forth fruit. The Bible says she accepted what Paul was preaching because she was a worshiper of God. What did Jesus say? Uh, the time has come and now is. Amen. When true worshipers will worship the Lord in the Spirit and in truth, something like that. She was someone that worshipped God. Her heart was ready. Paul had to walk hundreds and hundreds of miles. But when he got to where the will of God wanted him, there was a seed that was planted. and that it all, There was a heart that had already been hungry for God. There was a heart that was thirsty for God. And immediately he has a convert. <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful thing? When we get in the will and in the timing of God, he will lead us to hungry people. I want the Lord to lead me to Lydia. I'm looking for Lydia. I've been, I've been tore up, and God has been dealing with me about some things. But I don't know about you, but I am hungry to find somebody that's hungry for the Word of God. Somebody that I can lead to Jesus. Somebody that I can witness to. Somebody that I can share the Word with. Amen. I'm hungry for lost souls. Are you today? Amen. I'm, I'm, i got a hunger and a desire for the Lord today. Amen. And the, and the Bible says that immediately after she's filled, amen, it didn't take long for her and her household to get involved in the work of the kingdom. <laughs> it didn't, it, she didn't go through some 12-week introduction training course. She's ready. She said, hey, you got to come and let me stay in my house. Let me take care of you. Hey, let me cook for you. Amen. While you're preaching the gospel here, stay in our house. Sleep in our beds. Amen. She, she had a heart for the Lord. She, she, we know her heart was good because she's already worshiping God. And when she heard that word that Paul was preaching, I can't help but think that she felt a witness in the Holy Ghost. That her faith, faith was birthed in her. Amen. We walk by faith and not by... Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the... That's the preach word. That's the rhema word of God. Amen. So she had ears open and ready. And when Paul preached that word, faith was birthed in her heart. Faith. Amen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. It's impossible. You want to please God? Amen. You got to have faith. And that is birthed when the word is preached by an anointed man of God. Amen. And it and brings forth faith in somebody's life. Amen. I'm so thankful today that a man of God has that heard the call of God, that's in the will of God, was in my life and has ever been in my life preaching the word to me. Aren't you thankful for that today? Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for this class. Lord, uh, I thank you for the word. I pray today that someone was, was ministered to. I pray today... Mighty God, that you would uh, help this word to, to saturate our minds, saturate our hearts. But, but most of all, God, let it bring forth fruit. Lord, we want to be productive for the kingdom of God. We want to be productive uh, citizens of your kingdom, Lord. We want to be faithful servants. We want to be honorable servants of the kingdom. God, help us, Lord, to reach somebody. Help us, Lord, to find our niche in the kingdom of God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to get busy with the things of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.